In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she greeted the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed is the fruit of your womb, the mother of my Lord comes to me. Blessed is she who believed what was spoken to her by the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. This whole year, I will be pointing out to you where Luke follows the other gospel writers. He's told us at the very beginning of his gospel that he's aware of these other accounts that have been written. And I will point out places where Luke chooses to differ with the others. For example, all four of these Gospels tell us about John the baptizer, and they all tell us, of course, about Jesus going down to the Jordan River where John was preaching and baptizing. But only Luke tells us who John's parents were. And only Luke tells us that John's mother and Jesus' mother were cousins, making Jesus and John cousins. Also tells us that John was born six months before Jesus a little bit older then. We are told that the angel Gabriel first appeared to Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, and told him that he and Elizabeth were about to have a child. Zechariah did not believe. He said, we're far too old. She is too old. And the angel Gabriel said, then you shall not speak. And Zechariah was struck dumb. Then the angel Gabriel appeared six months later to Mary in a little nowhere place called Nazareth and said, you're about to have a baby. She too protested, saying, I've never been with a man. Ah, but the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and you will conceive and bear a son. And she believed. Let's take a look at today's lection. Number one, Mary went with great haste to the hill country to see her cousin Elizabeth. That's a long way. Zechariah worked in the temple in Jerusalem from Nazareth all the way down to a little village town in the hills around Jerusalem was a good 90 miles. Even if she could walk 20 minutes per mile pace and walked 10 hours a day, it would have taken her four or five days to get there. Didn't diminish her enthusiasm at all when she walked into the house. Suddenly, Elizabeth was so excited that Mary had come. One believed, one didn't believe. Dr. Fred Craddock, in commenting on this passage, makes a statement that all students know to listen to very carefully. If you had a professor make this statement to you, you would place three little stars and wait to hear what he was about to say. The creed underlining all creeds is verse 37. That's what he wrote. The creed underlining all creeds is verse 37. For nothing will be impossible with God. If you've been hearing me preach, you know that Elizabeth Sherrill, her husband John, are two of my favorite devotional writers. They've been writing devotional materials for more than 50 years. They're both in their late 80s now. Elizabeth wrote not so long ago that because their devotionals have been published, they get letters and cards from around the world. She got one not long ago from a woman in Germany whose name was Greta. 
She said, I could tell right away that English was a second language for her. She was handling English far better than I could handle German, she said, but she didn't get everything quite right. After thanking me and John for our writing, she ended by saying, blessings upon your whole family, H-O-L-E. Elizabeth said, as I opened the envelope and found this letter, John and I had just returned from a double funeral in Arlington, Virginia. My husband John had only one sister, she said. She had been married to a Navy man. He was a captain who served his country faithfully and well, who was determined as his wife got older and more feeble, finally ill, that he would take care of her the rest of her life. When she died, within 48 hours, he died also. He had wanted to be buried at Arlington Cemetery. That was arranged. And she said, John and I went to Arlington Cemetery for his brother-in-law and his sister to be buried with full military honors. That's a beautiful burial, she said. It's also a very difficult one when the flag is folded, handed to the next of kin, and taps is sounded. We got on a plane and flew home, got to the mailbox, started reading our mail, and here was Greta, a woman in Germany, writing to me to say, blessings upon your H-O-L-E family. She didn't know our family now has two new holes in it. There is no one who can replace John's sister in our hearts, no one who can replace her husband in our hearts. We have other family, we have other friends, but no one will take the place of those two. Through our many years, she said, we've ended up with lots of holes in our family. But at special times, we're reminded. Though she doesn't use these words, Fred Craddock would have, nothing is impossible with God. Whatever is looming out there that's going to keep your Christmas from being everything you'd really hoped and dreamed that it would be can be overcome. What really matters can come to you for sure. Number two, the Holy Spirit came upon Elizabeth, and she cried out, Luke says. There's no indication that there's anyone else there except these two women. But in Luke's gospel, and later in his book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you just can't constrain yourself. You have to say something profound. And Elizabeth says something very profound. Oh, Mary. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, and blessed are you. When the Holy Spirit comes and helps us be witnesses. Henry Van Dyke was born 1852. He was a little boy, nine years old, when the Great Civil War began. Too young, of course, to fight, but everyone affected by that Great Civil War in our country. When the war was over, Henry was 13, going on into high school. He came from a family that had education. They wanted very much for young Henry to have good education, too. He felt called to be a minister back in those days. And in the days when I went through college, we all had to take Latin and German and Greek. I took all three of those. One day after Henry had become a minister, he came across this little German hymn, O Tannenbaum, 
It's been translated into English, of course, and we know, oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree. I thought that's what the German probably meant until I took German. It's not what the German means. Tannen is not Christmas in German. It just means fir, fir tree. Oh, fir tree, Tannenbaum, oh, fir tree. And then it says, Wie Troy sind deine Blätter. Troy means true. Blätter, leaves. How true are your leaves? Not only in summertime, Auk, it says Auk, but also in wintertime when it snows. How true are your leaves? Well, Henry Van Dyke saw this this song in German, and he said, oh, wow, what if a little fir tree didn't want to be a fir tree? What if a little fir tree saw all these other trees with their leaves turning bright red and yellow and orange, and his just stayed the same old color? He might go to sleep one night and decide he'd rather have gold leaves, only to discover when he woke up that all his leaves had turned to gold and a man came by and plucked every leaf. And the little fir tree stood there naked in the cold. So he dreamt again. I was foolish, he said, to think gold I could hold on to, but... When the sun shines on these other trees with their beautiful colors, the light seems to come right through. If my leaves were made of glass, that would be wonderful. And he woke up and he was a crystal chandelier. And then in Van Dyke's poem it says, And a rude wind came and broke them all, these beautiful crystals, and they fell to the ground, and the little tree was naked again. And so he dreamt, oh, what I need are big green leaves like lettuce. Yes, that would be wonderful, big green leaves like lettuce. And the next morning a goat came and ate them all. And then the little fir tree woke up and discovered that all of these experiences had been a dream. And he still had his green leaves Tannenbaum, oh Tannenbaum, wie treu sind deine Blätter. Du grunst nicht nur im Sommerzeit, nein auch im Winter, wenn ich neid. How true your leaves all the time. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you can be what God created you to be every day every season, every year. Number three. The third thing I underline, she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed is the fruit of your womb. The mother of my Lord comes to me, comes even unto me. The Wall Street Journal had a fairly long article last week about a woman named Darcy Chan. Darcy Chen is an attorney. She has specialized in writing uh, legal documents for the government. She's married to a physician. And a few years ago, when he was going through a very long residency in oncology, uh, had an opportunity to go to Sloan Kettering, a famous hospital in oncology, and do research there. 
Uh, she was left at home a lot at night. He was working long hours and day after day, night after night. So she decided to write a story. And she wrote a story called The Mill River Recluse. She tried to get it published. Publisher after publisher turned her down. Someone said you have to get an agent. So she did the best she could to get an agent. The agent couldn't get it published. The Wall Street Journal was interested because this woman decided to use the social media of today. How about starting to tweet about her book? How about Facebooking it to as many as she could? And furthermore, she discovered there were people out there who would review books if you paid them. And she paid one to review her book, and this fellow wrote about it. And a few people bought her book, and then a few more, and a few more, and she's now sold half a million copies. It's a story about a, a wealthy woman who lives in a little town in Vermont who's very observant of what's going on in her little town and anonymously sends gifts to different people depending upon their needs. She anonymously gives generously to the whole little town to make it a better place for everybody. But what interested me was the re what the reviewer wrote next. A woman who gives so much to everyone and they ignore her and do not recognize her. Like God, huh? Giving good to all of his children, good things, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, Jefferson would write. Day, night, December, January, February, 2011, 2012. Gifts of God. And so many completely ignore God, refuse in any way to recognize him. Number four. Zechariah, I don't want to hear about your unbelief. Don't speak. And he couldn't say a word until he saw the baby Jesus at the temple where he was taken to be circumcised. Then he could speak. Blessed are you, Mary. You believed. The other night I had made our evangelism calls. Gail was in another room from me in the house, and I turned on the television. Rerun, rerun, rerun. I looked to see if there was any good Christmas music program on. There didn't happen to be right at that time. But guess what was on? A Charlie Brown Christmas. A Charlie Brown Christmas was first made in 1965. Along with It's a Wonderful Life, the Charlie Brown Christmas has been shown 46 consecutive years. Poor Charlie. Poor Charlie. From the Peanuts cartoon strip, Charlie Schultz drew this little boy as one who's so unsure of himself, who has such a good heart, but he feels so inadequate. And you see him wandering around in the snow saying, I don't know what Christmas means. I don't know what Christmas is all about. And finally he sees Lucy's little psychiatric booth. He walks over and says he needs some advice. She holds out the tin can, a nickel please, a nickel, you pay in advance. 
He dropped a nickel into the can. She asked, what's your problem? And he said, I don't know what Christmas is all about. Lucy's a take-charge kind of person, so she said, well, you need to direct the Christmas play. Direct the Christmas play. You'll find out what Christmas is really all about. But, of course, she keeps giving him advice about how to do things, one being you need a Christmas tree for the pageant, so go down to the lot and buy one of those big aluminum ones, preferably pink, she said. Well, nobody's giving Charlie any respect at all or friendship until little Linus comes along. He's Lucy's little brother, but very different from her. Carries his security blanket with him everywhere he goes. He goes with Charlie to buy a tree. They see the big aluminum pink one and blue ones and... No, they look at the little scruffy real one. And Charlie said, I like this one. And Linus says, well, well, maybe it just needs to be loved. And they buy it. But even when they pick it up to take it, Half its needles fall off on the ground. It's a really sick little tree. So once again, when Charlie gets back with the tree, he gets no respect at all. Lucy's screaming and yelling about his poor choice of a tree. And so he says once more, this time to Linus, I don't know what Christmas is all about. And Linus says, lights please, and walks to the middle of the stage drops his blanket and begins to recite. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign to you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And Linus picked up his blanket, walked over to Charlie and said, Charlie, that's what Christmas is all about. Last Sunday, after the 11 o'clock service, I was shaking hands with as many of you as I could out in the great hall. And suddenly our youngest grandchild, our little Chase Elizabeth, came running up to me. She was five Thanksgiving week. So I stooped down and said, Wow, Chase, what a beautiful new dress. And she said, we're having our family picture made. And I said, I knew that. Mr. McCormick, our friend, is going to take our picture when we get to the country club for lunch. I'll be with you in just a second. And she ran off. Well, a few minutes later, we were all gathered in front of the big, beautiful Christmas tree. Mr. McCormick was getting us all arranged the whole place was so beautifully decorated. Even on the windowsills, greenery and beautiful, beautiful colored balls. All the fireplaces were lighted. It felt warm on a pretty cold day last Sunday. Then it was time for the buffet. Well, Chase and I sort of know what we like, so we were first to the table. And I said, would you like to sit by me? She nodded her head. I pulled out her chair and scooted her up. 
and put her napkin across the lap of her pretty new dress. And I sat down, and she and I started to eat. I looked over on her plate. She had raspberries, blackberries, blueberries, fresh pineapple, and a big glop of cheese grits. <laughs> In just a moment, all the others were there, all 12 of us. And she gave me a little elbow and said, Granddad, we didn't pray. I said, I was just waiting for the last one, Chase. Let's do it now. And so we prayed. Conversation started. The guy's doing most of the talking about football and who's playing in this bowl and who's going to beat whom. Every once in a while, I'd look at little Chase and say, you all right? She's eating these berries one at a time, then her grits. Then she slipped out of her chair and was gone. She came back. I could tell she was a little southern girl. She had biscuits and gravy. I helped her up again, got her a napkin over the lap of her pretty new dress. And every once in a while, I'd simply say, you all right? She'd nod her head. Then she slipped down out of her chair and went to get dessert. And when she came back, she had a little bowl of ice cream. And I could tell she'd put a big tablespoon of sprinkles on top. And she started on her ice cream. And all of a sudden, I looked over just to see if she was all right. And this precious face turned to me and said, Granddad, it's almost Christmas. 